Welcome to War Dove Podcast. Warring Dove International is a kingdom organization focused on building local and global partnerships, equipping ministry leaders, and raising up a company of warriors who, like a dove, have eyes to pursue one thing, the king. Thank you for tuning in today as our founder, Lisa McFarland, shares her message. Thank you for tuning in as we are launching our adventure series. Walking with God is much like going on an adventure. And today, Lisa McFarland will be sharing with you some helpful insights of how to successfully navigate this journey you're on with God. We hope you enjoy. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. I didn't say that. You see that a person is justified, it's verse 24, James 2:24. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so faith apart from works is dead. So I can have a body that you can see, but if the spirit is not in me, I'm not alive. So I can go to church and I can pay tithes and I can do all these good things. But if the spirit of faith, the spirit of God is not at work in me, I'm not really spiritually alive. Right? You can't really separate them. It's, I don't even know why we're arguing about it. Faith, works, love, obedience, it's all. Covenant, loving God. You can't separate it. I can't take one arm and say I've got a body. I can't take one eyeball and say that, that you're seeing correctly. It all works together. It's the parts fitted together. And the first thing that happens is God comes and gives you an invitation on an adventure and says, come with me. Come with me and be my disciple. Come, come with me and I'll share my life with you. You know, come and let me come inside. I'm standing at the door knocking. Let me in. I want to come in and have a meal with you. Like he invited Zacchaeus. God wants to change you in this encounter. It's an invitation to go back to the point of origin, to the beginning, where God put Adam and Eve in a garden, and every day He would come, and He would eat with them, and talk with them, and visit with them, and reveal Himself to them. There was a promise that when God's Word comes out of His mouth, whatever He says comes to pass. Even if it's Zacchaeus, which is a thousand generations after Abraham, Because of Abraham, and he obeyed the vision and went on this adventure. A thousand generations later, Zacchaeus is in Jericho. Jesus is walking by and he says, you, I'm going to your house. And because Zacchaeus obeyed Jesus, salvation came to him and he began to shift. And there was a transformation in his life which showed that faith was operating in him. Faith, love, works, obedience. James 1.26 says this, If anyone thinks he is religious or has a religion and does not bridle or control his tongue, he deceives his heart. Because we're talking about what is true religion? What is true love? What does love look like? What is real adventure? The adventure is the invitation from God to go back to the future. What is the promise? It's the covenant of God that whatever God said is going to come to pass. What is love? And what has love got to do with it? A lot. A lot. Love has a lot to do with it. Jesus comes and looks up and gives this invitation. Zacchaeus, I see you. You're short. You think you've got it all together. But I can see that in your heart you're hungry for something that money cannot buy. You need to be loved. Come down here. I'm going to your house. 
And Zacchaeus has an opportunity to invite him into the house and open the door and receive him, just like Rahab did. And it's going to affect not only their lives, but the lives of everybody around them, and it's going to affect the lives of their family generations after them. Jesus looked at him with love. He didn't see a chief sinner. He didn't see a tax collector. He didn't listen to the religious people around him that were saying, What? What kind of prophet is this hanging out with people like that? And I've had people like that to speak to me like that. I can't, who's that person you're talking to? One time the worst trouble I got into was somebody said, Lisa's hanging around homosexual people all the time. True story. So I got called in the office of this church I was at. They said, are you hanging out with homosexual people? And I said, absolutely. Why? I said, well, I thought they needed Jesus. Last time I checked, I was ordained as an evangelist, and that was my job. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost, and to show the love of the Father. He said, you can, you're dismissed. Some religious people were trying to get me in trouble, and trying to act all crazy, but it came back on them, and they're the ones that got in trouble. Because I was doing my job. Amen. Yep. He who thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue... Jesus gives the invitation, speaks with love, but the crowd sometimes doesn't always speak with love. It's not the church you should be listening to, it's Jesus. Last time I checked, Jesus was God. And God's words are forever settled in heaven, not mine, not the person sitting next to you. So if you get all mad and offended and you let that person come between you and God, then that person becomes like a God and you're operating out of an idolatrous spirit because you're letting that person or that offense or that unforgiveness or that rebellion separate you from God. And faith without works is dead. God wants us to come to Him and believe that He is and operate out of this dimension of faith and keep the door open to Him. It doesn't matter what people think about you. It doesn't matter what they say. If I cared about what people thought about me, you would not be sitting here right now. And that's just based on what I heard yesterday. You're too stupid. You're too old. You're too fat. You're too dumb. You're too white. You're just an Indian. You're just a woman. You're just an old grandma. You don't look right. You don't talk right. You don't dress right. You don't sing good enough. You're not talented enough. You don't got enough money. I'm thinking, what's money got to do with it? Remember? Faith's not faith until faith is what you got. We operate in this ministry out of faith. Money appears from heaven through the spiritual umbilical cord from my belly button to the throne of heaven. Faith, operating through love. My love, keeping the commandments because I love Him. Pleasing God, because without faith it's impossible to please God. When a man's ways please God, he'll make even his enemies to be at peace with him. James 1.26 continues, If anyone thinks that he has a religion and he doesn't bridle his tongue, he deceives his heart. In other words, in his heart he thinks he's a Christian, he thinks he's got it all together. But because his mouth is not under control, we know you don't got it all together. You're manifesting all over the place. This, man, this man's religion is worthless or has no worth. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. And to keep oneself unstained from the world. Remember? Zacchaeus means pure. It means clean. God wants us to come into our destiny. Maybe I'm screwed up. Maybe I am a chief sinner. But when Jesus comes, it's going to change. 
It's an invitation for adventure. It's an invitation to open the door. You know, it's an invitation to make a mistake and screw up. Because I know that God's promises are true. And His love, is, and He's promised that He'll be with me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. And His love is powerful. Amen. Hebrews 13.1 says this, Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers or invite them in. Because some have entertained angels. Right? So here, you know, it, it, I don't see any of these religious people inviting Jesus into their house. But this chief sinner is inviting Jesus to his house and entertaining the messenger, capital M, of the Lord. Let brotherly love continue. Hebrews 13.5 Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For He, that's God, has said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. You know, we're talking about love. What's love got to do with it? Sometimes when we don't have what we think we need or we don't have what we want, which sometimes is the same thing, wanting and thinking what we need, we can imagine that God is withholding love. Remember? I told you sometimes we believe lies by default. Because somewhere we believe that when we do what is right, we get paid. We get the award. We get the promotion. Everybody loves us. Right? Well done, good and faithful service, servant. But sometimes God has a timing or a position or a testing. Or like Abraham, you wait for a long time for that son to be born. And we wonder, God, are you withholding love? And the answer is no, God is not withholding love. Sometimes when it's hard and we don't have the money right here in our hand, because God is trying to increase our faith and teach us to live by faith and not by sight, then we start to think that God has abandoned us or He's forsaken us. And it's not true. God is trying to remove the love of money and to show us that I have everything that I need because God said He'll never leave me or forsake me. He's right here. Amen? Faith. Faith. Love. Grace. And I'll teach more on that. I'll teach more on grace and, and love, uh, faith uh, later. But I want to I uh, uh, come to this thing. I was in Mexico... Nobregon a few years ago and we were um, invited to come to this place because people actually it wasn't Obregon it was another city but I'm not going to say what it was because of the testimony I'm going to have we were invited to come in where uh, drug cartels were kidnapping people and chopping them up into little pieces they were cutting their heads and their arms and their feet and their hands off and uh Sacrificing him to their demon god, La Muerta, and uh, also uh, extorting people for money. And so we came, and, and the Lord uh, took us to this place and, and showed us what to do to break that stronghold of that witchcraft that was operating through the spirit of murder and fear. But the problem wasn't with the wicked people, the problem was with the church people because they were afraid now. You know, remember, I was afraid I might wreck my bike. The oils might come off. If I run through the grass barefoot, I, 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 I might step on a piece of glass again. And fear keeps us from going on this journey with the Lord and from believing His promises or feeling loved. Because perfect love makes fear go away. 
What's perfect love? Love that is complete. Love that is mature. Love that understands. Love that knows the terms. There's that, that you know the covenant that you have with the Lord. And you know His promises are true and He's never going to break one word of it. He's not like anybody else. He's not a man or a woman that He should lie. He doesn't change. He doesn't forget. He doesn't fall asleep. He always keeps in mind His covenant that it will always stand. And when I get to that place where I understand that kind of love, it's perfected, it's complete, it's mature. It will make all my fears go away. That kind of love. It's an adventure that we're on tonight where God's inviting us to this place of friendship. Where God doesn't want you to be just a servant or just a disciple or just a son. He wants you to be a mature, you know, like God and sons. You know, company. God and sons company. Where you're a partner in the business. Where you have an investment in the company. And your name gets put on the board too. And your children after you. Become a part of this company. Become a part of this future. This business. This partnership that God has through the Holy Spirit with you. This adventure. You know, uh, the market's going to go up and down. You know, the road's going to get rough sometimes. It's going to get light. It's going to dark. There's going to be storms. But we're in this together. It's an adventure. And I promise that my words are faithful and true and they're amen. amen. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. If I've said it, will I not do it? All power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Lo, I'm with you even until the end of the age. I will wipe away every tear. All these promises and these words of covenant is God showing how great His love. Behold, what manner of love the Father has and that love comes to us. Right? This love, this adventure, it's an adventure. It's a promise and it's a love. When you don't know that you're loved, you won't be willing to get on the bike. You won't be willing to go on a bitch. You won't be willing to take a risk. Remember, you were so crazy and love, sick with love, you married that crazy woman. You married that crazy man. Right? You were so in love with Jesus, you moved to Kansas. Love will make you do things like that. It'll make you take a risk. It'll make you step out on a limb. It'll make you get on a bike after 40 years. It, you know? It'll make you say yes. I remember one time God said, was, asked me, I was doing something. I told Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. And He said, well, you said yes. And I said, well, of course I said yes. In the heat of passion, you were so beautiful. You were so awesome. Of course I said yes. Sometimes we need to go back to that place of origin where God was so beautiful. He was so majestic. He was so powerful. He was so handsome. He smelled like myrrh. You know, he was sweet, tasted sweeter than honey. And his lips were like the best wine. And you're like, God, I love you. I'll do anything. I say yes. Whatever you want, God, I'll do it. It's an adventure. It's a promise. And it's a love. It's a love. And what I want to say, you know, so we're in this church and, and these people had forgotten the love of God. And that love that would cast out fear. And they're afraid to go to church at night. They're afraid to come to worship. And so we spent two days praying and fasting to break the demonic stronghold over the city. But breaking the stronghold in their mind was twice as hard. So we're sitting there, we were worshiping that night, and all of a sudden, 
I saw an angel appear over here to the, the right side of the pulpit. It was about 20 feet tall and his wings filled the whole building. It was a church of about, I don't know, probably, I don't know, maybe a thousand people, you think? A thousand people in there that night. And the wings were just shifted out both sides of the doors. And, 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 I, and he was so tall. I mean, the ceiling was high. And he was about 20 feet tall. And I was like, whoa! And all of a sudden, God said to me, this is the angel of my covenant love. And I watched the angel go like this. And when he did, out of his back, out of his, out of his wing area, starts to come this ribbon that looked like a rainbow. And it was moving like this and it began flow, <laughs> begins flowing through the room and moving all around the room as God began to release his love that he covenanted and his covenant love in the room. And I fell face down on the concrete and I started to weep and cry. And he said, tell them I love them, Lisa. Tell them they don't have to be afraid. Tell them I can save them. Tell them not to look at the people. Tell them not to be afraid of death. Tell them to look at me, Lisa. And I was like, what? God! Then he, then he said, and this is what I will do to anyone who touches what I love. And I, for a, a half of a second, I felt the wrath of God toward the enemies of God or anyone who would touch the apple of his eye or that which he loved. You know, when you see God like that, you, you, the enemy doesn't look that scary. It's like when your brother or your sister makes you mad and you're just kind of scared they're going to hit you until dad shows up with the belt. And he, and he has that look in his eyes. You're like, whoa, now you're more scared of dad than you were scared of getting in trouble with your brother. All of a sudden, you know, when the fear of the Lord comes and you sense the immenseness of your God and how powerful His love is and His sense of justice... And it's not based on how good I am or I'm perfect. No, it's because I'm His child and He loves me. And because of His great love, He's going to do these things on my behalf. Do you know how much God loves you tonight? Do you? Are you scared to get on the bike? If you fall down and you get hurt, all you have to do is come up and say, Daddy, look. Right there and kiss it. It hurts. Look, Daddy. It hurts. Maybe nobody else cares that it hurts. I know there's many times in my life that people rip my heart right out of my chest and I'm walking around and nobody even sees that I'm in pain and they don't care that I'm in pain or they can't help me. Who can fix a broken heart, by the way? God, my heart's broken. I'm in pain. Can you fix it, Daddy? I need. Look, I got a boo-boo. It hurts, Daddy. Fix it. Dad, I, I messed up, you know? I remember John coming home telling me, I ruined my dad's car. <laughs> because he didn't know it took diesel gas. Oops. And so he, the nozzle wouldn't fit in with the unleaded, but John was, was going to make sure that he filled the tank up with the diesel. No, with the unleaded. He put unleaded into a diesel. That's what he did. He put unleaded into the diesel. Guess what? Killed the car. Did his dad beat him? My dad. Anyway. His dad said, it's okay, son. I'm just glad you're not hurt. It's okay, son. I'm just glad you're not hurt. It's okay. It's okay, my daughter. You, you screwed up. But you, you, you didn't know what you were doing. I already forgave you that. We don't even need to talk about it. I know you, you're going to make mistakes. I called you anyway. 
You can't screw up my plan for you. I had your screw-ups in the plan. I already had them written down. I already know. And I, and I looked at you and I loved you and I said, He's worth it. She's worth it. I've already stooped down to make you great. Do you realize that God has already humbled Himself by even chosen to be aligned or to partner with you? I mean, sometimes I think, God, I don't want anybody to know I'm your servant. Because I, I, I must embarrass you. I must let you down all the time because, you know, I screw up and I'm not perfect, God. Why would you want me? Why would you want me to have my name on you, God? But He does. Because He loves me. Because He loves you. Just like my students or my staff or my children. You know, I have to go in the principal's office. Mrs. McFarland? I'm like, yes, what is it this time? Your daughter. And then they would tell me, and I'd let them tell me what they did wrong, but when they started to say, she's this and she's... I'd be like, hey, whoa! You need to stop her right there. I want to know what she did wrong, but don't you talk about my daughter that way. That's my daughter. When the devil comes to Jesus or the Father and says, Do you know what she did? Do you know what he did? Did you hear what they said? Did you see, Jesus, what they didn't do? Jesus, yep, you're right. Yep, yep. But the moment the accuser of the brethren steps over and begins to defame you and put you down and try to separate you from the Father, the Father says, Hey, stop right there. I covered them with my blood. And they answer straight to me. Who are you to judge another man's servant? To his master he stands or falls. Get out of my way. Angels, bring them a new robe. Bring them a new hat. Bring them a new ring. Bring them new feet. Kill the fatted calf. Can you even understand that kind of love? Love. It's an adventure. It's an adventure. It's a promise. It's not like, well, maybe he loves me and maybe he doesn't. He loves me, loves me not. He loves me, loves me not. The first time I heard God speak to me, I was sitting out on a green grass. I was probably about four years old. And I was pulling the leaves off the daisies. You know how you pull the little petals off? You go, loves me, loves me not. Anybody ever done that? Loves me, loves me not. While I was doing that, I heard Jesus say, I love you, Lisa. I love you, Lisa. I said, who are you? He said, I'm your friend. He didn't say, I'm your God. I'm your judge. I'm your accuser. Then you say, I'm your teacher, although he's become oh, everything to me. He said, I'm your friend. I love you. So I threw the daisy down and said, don't need that anymore. It's not on and off. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. It's, it's, it's a crazy kind of love. It makes you get on a bike. It makes you get on a plane. Right? Remember my story I got on the plane? When I came back, I had $1,000 in my pocket and all my expenses were paid and I still don't know how it happened. In a third world country. You should close your eyes. Change that song. It's too lilty. Give me something 
more intense. Father, your love is in this room and the angels that facilitate your love. We need your love, God. Whether we've made a mistake or we've been perfect. We need more love, God. I can't make myself love you more, but I can ask you for more of your Holy Spirit and your love is a fruit of that Spirit. So I need more Holy Spirit right now. I need to know you. I want to ride my bike. I want to ride my bike. I want to be friends with you. I want to know you more. I don't want to get used to you. I want to know your promises are true. Maybe I've been believing lies, even by default. I didn't even know I was believing lies. But I come out of agreement with lies and mistrust and things that are not true and fear right now. I come out of agreement with boredom. I want to be on fire for you. Your love is like a flame of fire and many waters cannot quench it. It is the very flame of the Lord. I want my heart to be your lampstand and the seven spirits of God to burn in the center of my life and my heart, God, that I would be like a lamp set on a stand that people would be drawn to you, God. I need adventure. God, I need some adventure. I need it. I need you to wake up my desire, my passion. I need you to take me back to that place of origin. To when I, I was excited and I, and, I, and I didn't even know how I could make it through another moment because your love was so intense. Thank you so much for listening to Warring Dove International's podcast. To find out more about our ministry and how you can partner with us, please visit our website at wardoves.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. We'll see you next time on our next episode.